When something no longer serves you, it just becomes inconvenient. That is your cue that it's time to move. Welcome to another episode of Wisdom and Wellness. This month we are taking note of Mental Health Awareness Month, and we will bringing we will be, we will be bringing a lot of awareness through conversations, even on our pod, on our platform on Instagram and everywhere we possibly can. Not to put ourselves out there as experts, but to simply bring information so that we can recognize ourselves in everything that we do. And today we are in partnership with Salal, that is very invested in these mental health conversations. And I have my favorite. This is our second second time we try to do this, right? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. The first time we lost our footage, but I think you know what, everything in, in in good timing. Everything happens yes. for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um. So I am sitting with trained psychologist Bui Sile, who is practicing. We will share all her details. Um. So that if you are looking for for help, if you are looking to reach out, she's available, and I know she works with a network of incredible women. Yeah. Um. Who are there to support you? How mm-hmm. are you? I'm good. Uh, always a pleasure. Always, always, always always a pleasure. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the conversation we're going to have. Before we even go in deeper, I know you have a, um, is it an NGO that you do with a few ladies um, around psychology? I want you to tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so Ribasadi Mental Health Associates is a group of four uh, psychologists. And uh, we just come together and really focus on taking psychology beyond the room. That's basically our work. We are a community-oriented practice, Mm -hmm. so we do want to really start to engage um, individuals and people and spaces around mental health. So that's basically what we do, yeah. What does it mean to be taking psychology beyond the room? So in our training, we always focus on the room. So where you typically go for therapy and what that means, et cetera. So us taking it beyond the room is understanding also the politics of our country. Yeah. To say when it comes to access, 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 you know, it becomes a bit of a challenge to get people to be psychoeducated, to get people to have a sense of awareness. You know, we also live in a time where TikTok is giving people impressions. There is some understanding, yes, but, you know, we're not creating safe enough space to then start mm. meaningful conversations. Yeah. So what does your guys' work actually look like? Because uh, because of our platform, Wisdom and Wellness, and I've been very vocal about going to therapy. Um, I've had a lot of people come in my DM and say, I actually can't wait to go to therapy when I make money. Mm-hmm. And that saddens me that not everybody has the opportunity to just say, actually, let me book my appointment. But it's a matter of, like you said, um, access, mm. finances. So what does... What does your your community work um, look like? And also even for people who want to start going to therapy and seeing someone and having these conversations but has no money or access, where do they start? So we are trying to make sure that we have a significant social media presence yeah. where we do kind of short snippets on some of the mental health stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some of the plans we have is kind of going to podcast spaces where mm. we can have broader conversations. Mm. Um, I think, you know, having four women who are psychologists unpack is going to be quite meaningful. Yeah. But we, on our platforms, there is so much information for people to tap into. Yeah. We are available for, on like Instagram and Facebook. You yeah. just search 
Riverside Mental Health You give information there. Yeah. And then is there free... Um, I've heard, I've gotten some feedback that apparently... I know that I think government institutions do offer therapy, but apparently mm-hmm. your situation has to be dire. So mm-hmm. what does that... What does that actually look like for the people who may not have as dramatic situations, do you think it's enough to just tap into social platforms or are there other ways a person can 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 deal or almost self-help, if I can call it that? We are very far behind as a, as a country yeah. in terms of really prioritizing mental health. When you look at budget allocations, it's between 5 to 6% that goes to mental no health. No way. Um, yet you need... Even after COVID. Even after COVID. Yet you need sane individuals to do work, yeah. right? <laughs> so it then becomes this discord where it's like... But okay, how, how yeah. are you going to, to manage that? But when it comes to bridging the gap, we still have significant work to do. Mm. And for now, you know, social media platforms do what assist, you can do, yeah. You know, in terms of helping people understand we all exist on a spectrum. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, we think I don't know what to call this. Sometimes it compounds with other mm. things. So when you have the the language, mm. that's where we start to have meaningful conversations true, as well. True, yeah. true, true. I want to know how did you actually get into psychology? Because I know even for you, it's not just your four years of university. You actually have to kind of be have money to become a psychologist because it's what seven years where you dedicate right and you're not getting paid in these seven years no you're you're studying so you're studying you're doing internships you are some people are doing community service yeah you know um, but in terms of the profession itself i always say it's it's always pursued me it's one of those things where i just surrendered to to what was set before me but it's been quite a meaningful journey for me uh, backing back to grade 10 mm-hmm. when I knew for sure. How did you know? Tell me about that, that grade 10 journey. <laughs> there was a psychologist um, who used to do columns on like newspapers. Oh, yeah. And I used to like read, read and them. I was like, wow, you know, this person gets to help people yeah. and tap into behavior and all of that. And I reached out to them because they would leave their details at mm. the bottom. And I was like, you know what? I'm interested in being a psychologist. And uh, she asked, you know, what, where you at in life? I'm like, I'm in grade 10. Yeah. And I'm sure she was just like, Girl, oh, you. You have a long, <laughs> a long way to go. Yeah. But she kind of affirmed me. She told mm. me if you're really sold out for it, it takes a lot of time. Yeah. But you eventually get there. And, you know, I had the privilege of, you know, kind of interacting with her years later to say, sure. Look, hey, I actually made it. Yeah. Um, I saw intention to action. Yeah. Um, in terms of your your your, your personality, do you, do you feel like, um, your personality, your character, your value, your beliefs play a huge role in how you assist um, in how you assist people, or is it something that you've kind of grown um, grown into? My personality definitely does wonders for me. Yeah, but I also owe a lot to being the child who was placed in every department in the church. Okay, children's ministry, yeah. youth ministry, yeah. young adults ministry, yeah. where you just get to work with people. Yeah, that human interaction. Absolutely, yeah. and you kind of die to self mm. to a great extent because sure. it's one of those when you have to take up servanthood. There's nothing else that can compete with that. Sure. So even your own ego, you yeah. have to park that sometimes yeah. and I think that's been quite monumental for me but yeah personality is one of those things and I've always been followed by the sense of either being called church girl 
Oh, mom, Ruti. Really? I'm telling you, it's like they, they people are like, you have an aura. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it's but I, I get it. You've got, a, you've got such a, uh, I think, a warmth. It makes it, like, I want to come tell you everything about, oh, right? Oh, like, I want to just open yeah. up the minute I see you from yeah. how I am. Do you want the Instagram answer or do you want me to go all in? Indeed. But to just tap into our conversation with um, Solal that obviously has has taken such a huge role and space in, 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 in mental health awareness. I want us to actually really define what mental health is and simplify it, you know, because mm. there's all these answers that we get. But in simple terms, for someone who keeps hearing this word, what is mental health? Yeah. So in simple terms, how we can frame it is understanding that the mind and the body are connected. Okay. Because oftentimes, you know, from like a bio model, we mm -hmm. usually focus on physical health. Mm -hmm. So we know that, oh, okay, when Did I have it. an ailment here and a scar there, you know, some people understand what repair actually looks mm -hmm. like for mm -hmm. their own bodies. If I pop a tablet, this is where it goes. This is how. So when we are talking about mental health, we're saying there is a connect, which means you must understand and be intrigued by your own mind mm -hmm. to say what actually are the mechanics of thinking. So when we're thinking about mental health, we're saying, your, there's brain chemistry, there's mm. experiences that are stored in our minds. How do those kind of interact to mm. help me um, achieve a sense of life and living? Mm -hmm. So mental health is basically just zoning in on what happens in the mechanics of the mind. So to break it down, mental health does not equate to depression. No, no, certainly not. It is so mental health is even being well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so and what does that take? Yeah. In terms of your own resilience, yeah. your own internal resources, etc. So what does the mental health of being well look like personally for you or for a, a client that you see, oh okay, actually you're mentally well now. What does that look like? For me it's been serenity. Um I'm sure some of us are quite familiar with the serenity prayer. God grant me the yes, serenity. The serenity. Yes, yes, to yes. accept the things I cannot change um and the wisdom to know the difference, what I sure. can and cannot change. That's been my modus operandi. It's like when mm. things come my way, I'm like hmm, can I or can I not mm. change this? And, you know, what What would it take? Mm. And if I cannot change it, then it means I must literally surrender. Yeah. Just to say, like, okay, let, it, let it play out because we all understand that everything matters. Yeah. 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 And for a client that you, 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 you've gone through a journey with, is it the same thing when you can start seeing that they have an ability to say, actually, I cannot change this. I can change this. Yeah. So when, when we think of therapy, I've had to actually say to some clients, we need to almost shift the the dynamics of how we understand healing. Mm. So when people come in and they're like, what are your therapeutic goals? It's like, I want to find healing. Mm. And the first thing I say is, let's rather find insight. Okay. Because when we heal, the understanding is that physical, Yeah, I've closed it. It's not going yeah, to. But yeah. when we have insight, it's, it just looks different with time. Sure. So when you kind of sit with that, it's like, okay. So when it rears its head again, mm. it's not to say I haven't done the work. Oh, absolutely. You have done mm. the work. But it evolves with you and it has different meanings through time. So when clients come in and they're like, I want to seek out healing, I'm like, let's seek out insight. Sure. So let's that, know what's, going, what's actually going on. And, and to actually appreciate that with time, you will change your mind about how you approach the situation. Sure. 
Okay, I want to actually one of the focuses that I, focuses I wanted us to zone into in our conversation is postpartum depression, mm-hmm. um, which was the start. This the reason why I have this podcast, the reason why I have wisdom and wellness, mm-hmm. um, and I couldn't recognize it. Um, but I had a speaking engagement recently where I was just sharing um, why why pregnancy was so difficult for me and postpartum depression. And one of the things was that my husband got to continue with his life and mm. I couldn't, right? Mm. And everything changed for me. And I get so many women um, coming and they might not have got postpartum depressions, but I can almost recognize the signs um, from the things that they say, which are things I used to, I used to say to myself. Yeah. Within a month, um, oh, I wish I could be as active exercise as much or look better or feel better or oh my baby cries so much and Mm. so i want us to really go into postpartum depression firstly does every woman experience postpartum depression and secondly what is also postpartum depression because i really want us to to break down terms today to simplify Mm. everything yeah yeah so when we when we start the conversation is that you know we've got kind of a diagnostic manual so things change around a lot but um it's now called peripartum okay yeah so Didn't know. <laughs> so now are we done with postpartum is it a new word or are we just phasing it out what's it, happening it's a new word that appreciates that it can actually start at conception okay yes, yes. as opposed to post because then okay. a lot of women are feeling conflicted to say Mm. Even during the process, yeah, I'm really out of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when it comes to how many women experience it, I want us to really appreciate that everyone sits on a spectrum. So okay. from ease to distress, yeah. everyone kind of finds their place there. So sometimes we, we're kind of hung up on the two out of eight and all of that, but it's all good. Yeah. Um, it's, it's also, it, I guess, sobers us up in terms of understanding just the gravitas of mm. mental health. But when we when we look at peripartum or postpartum depression, it's the understanding that, one, hormonally and chemically, mm-hmm. a lot is happening for you yeah. as you embrace um, carrying this new life. Mm. But beyond just what is happening for the individual, there are a lot of psychosocial factors, a mm. lot of so- socioeconomic considerations that really place a burden on mental health yeah. during that time. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one of those things that upon discovery, others are excited, others are like, oh no, what does this actually mean? Yeah. Others were not even planning <laughs> to have like, a child. You know, it's like, mm. should I be happy? Should I be <laughs> exactly. sad? Yeah. But there's, there's always that kind of anxiety for what does this mean for me? Yeah. Because we know that reproductive and fertility challenges for women are vast yeah. and very broad. Yeah. And what does it mean to carry? What does it mean to journey along the way and sit with the possibility of part of reproductive health is that sometimes women don't even see their pregnancies through. So you mm. sit with all of this awareness mm. whilst your body is pumping hormones. And I mean, every woman has their own PMS story, yeah. add pregnancy in yeah. there, and yeah. you've taken it to another level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's actually, uh, it's actually crazy. The changes that we 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 experience, and you you mentioned a lot about the, the 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 psychological. But then, how do now the physical changes affect us? Because personally, I think the physical changes affected me the most. I mean, for mm. me, it was extremely traumatic um, to. To have to just continue um, being on camera, knowing that my face, I've gone three shades darker than I'm yeah. supposed to be. My nose is times 10 bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, my foot has gone up two sides. It was very traumatic. And I had to downplay it because I'm being vain. Yeah, yeah. 
you yeah, know. Yeah. So I want us to talk about how much does the physical aspect really um, interfere or or, or, or 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 challenge our mental health during this um, uh, pregnancy stage? Women are rated according to how they look. Unfortunately, yeah. society yeah. has put us in that position. So when it comes to body image issues, you know, we've got body dysmorphic disorder yeah. again. I actually spectrum. want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, again, spectrum. Some days are better than others mm. where you fit into this outfit. You're like, oh, and you're frustrated now because you have to iron another one. And it's like, I think I'm too big. I yeah. think I'm, you know. Um, but when it comes to the physical changes, it's one of those things where, again, you must embrace a body you do not know. Ish. And you're embracing a body, a body you do not know. Absolutely. And it's not by diet or lifestyle. It's just, it's, you're embracing life and you cannot tell where it's going to go. Mm. You know, it's not like, mm, I'm going to cut down and make these mm. and go to the gym. Mm. You absolutely cannot tell how your body will carry um, sure. for that child. Sure. You know? And it really affects, it really affects our thinking process. It um, so what are the ways um, family or even ourselves, if you don't have support, but if you have your partner, what are the ways you can identify that this person actually needs to seek help? Because they're saying, okay, I just had a baby. Um, obviously, I am... I, I'm not myself. I'm not sleeping, mm. and then there's, then there's actually a person really changing, and I think there's a thin line. So how do we identify that? No special attention has to be given, or this is when you need to start um, seeking help. Or actually, should women just all seek help after having uh, after having a child? All of them. I think everyone must just understand that a big life event is happening. Yeah. And therefore, whether we you... We downplay it a lot. Yeah. Whether you feel mentally strong or not, you are transitioning. So many things are having to transition. Mm. And if you come into a place of care or even have a community of other women around you who've mm. gone through it and you're sharing the experience, mm. it holds space for you. But when it comes to partners, we cannot emphasize compassion enough. Yeah. Because when you're compassionate towards your partner, you actually take it upon yourself to bear witness with them for mm. what is happening in their lives mm. but if as a partner you're just there for the moments in between and you're like i think you're gaining this mm. and i think you're losing that and i think you're irritable for this then you have not committed to actually walking this journey with them sure you're waiting at the finish line sure. which is unfortunate yeah um so when we look at what it means to support firstly we need to understand that we have to perceive the person that is going through this journey, mm. which means you have to ask yourself, what do you need? Mm. What do you feel? Mm. Um, is today a, a good day? Mm. Is today a difficult day? Mm. What are you sitting with? What are your vulnerabilities? What are your sure. insecurities? Yeah. Um, and, you know, when it comes to couple relationships and intimacy, it looks different um, across the spectrum. And, you know, after all is said and done, we must still maintain the glory of being naked and unashamed with yep. the people that we love. Yeah. So it's one of those things where we really cannot emphasize enough grace and compassion that's needed yeah. in that relationship dynamic. I like how you touched on every woman should seek help, but you didn't only limit it to professional help. You spoke about community, which I think we've kind of really lost um, yeah. in, in, in this stage and it's, in, in it's showing and everything that's happening. Do you do, you do any couple counseling? Couple counseling? Yes, so I you do. do. Mm -hmm. So I know, and this is one of the things my mom said to me after having my first child, mm -hmm. after having children or during that pregnancy and after 
birth stage, it can be, um, let me not generalize, it can be the hardest time of your, your marriage and your relationships. Mm. And I we, I we personally experienced it, some friends experienced it. And I've also taken note that most couples will be happy for a good eight years and then here comes a baby and all of a sudden they have, the relationship just does not work anymore. What as a as a as a as a as a as a counselor and someone who sits with couples, what is your general um uh almost outlook on that? Why do you think that is? What's the shift that actually happens? So in psychology we understand it as introducing the third. Introducing the third. Okay. Yeah. So when you when you establish a relationship, it's just the two of you. Yeah. Um Good so times. It's, you know, <laughs> it's just the two of you. You are having a different outlook, really uh, centered around just you just, and I. Mm. And then you introduce the third, which then changes the dynamic completely of mm, the relationship. Mm. And it therefore means that there's attention that's now given to the third. There is time and effort and investment. There's also unconditional regard of another person outside of yourself mm. that you're witnessing your partner mm. pour into this is it baby. It's, why is this all sounding like jealousy? <laughs> It's a fine line. Fine line it's a yeah. very, very fine line. Yeah. So it's we're very territorial as human beings. Mm. And you know, and the thing about it is that the third is appreciated in children. It's also appreciated in work. Yeah. You know, when someone now has to work more oh, hours. Yeah. It's the sense that there is now more than one person mm. or one thing mm. that has your attention. And the thing about children is that, oh my goodness. All the attention. You all <laughs> the attention. You will bulldoze anything and anyone yeah. for your kids. And it's one of those things where the the dynamic just changes completely. Let me be bad. Let me put you on the spot. Is it a is it a is it a man problem or is it a woman problem? Can women do better in including um their partners during a pregnancy? Um, or can men do better in actually just fitting themselves in there because the woman is already going through enough? It's a relationship virtue problem. <laughs> so I need you to pick a side. <laughs> the thing is, if I pick a side, uh, I'm ultimately also disregarding the people who are really Absolutely. trying their best. Absolutely. So if I say it's a it's a relational problem, it's it's understanding that when you come into a relationship, we're two individuals trying to figure out a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So what we give to that relationship in terms of the virtue is what matters. Mm. So if we're both selfless and understanding that we're both going through this for the benefit of expansion and mm. legacy and all of that, it looks different for yeah. us in terms of how we tend to each other. Okay, thank yeah. you for that. I'll take that. I'll take that. It's a relationship problem. Um, so during does with when it comes to um, postpartum, um, just my last question on that. Mm -hmm. I I recognize that I completely changed, right? But yeah. things were simpler with my second versus with my first. Is there a a end date to say okay? like your postpartum depression is over or is it one of the things for example like an alcoholic um remains avoiding relapse yeah. yes yes yeah, yeah, yes yeah. so how does it work with postpartum depression is it that thing again where you have to be really intentional about your mental health your your relationship with your children um or is there chances for relapse how does what are the dynamics of that 
So when we're looking at the diagnostic, we look at um, time. So yeah. when we are trying to rule out if it is the peripartum stuff or the post, um, uh, you know, postnatal depression, we look at how long is it kind of carrying through. Okay. Again, remember when when we look at the criteria, it is also similar to just depression, and all of us sit on that yeah. on that spectrum where some days are easier to manage other days are not but immediately after the birth you know we kind of want to see is the mother adjusting to to it well are you sleeping are you eating well are you feeling more like yourself are you going out are you meeting people is your social life also kind of being repaired mm. oh, um you know because social, yeah. yeah because it's one of those things where remember you isolate for some time yeah um either sure. through nesting and all yeah. of that and coming back and being reintroduced it's to spaces another is another story yeah. Sure. So at Rosamond Wellness, we've got five pillars of wellness, and mm-hmm. it is spiritual, uh, mental and emotional, relational, physical, and financial. Okay. Now I'm going to put you on the spot, and I just want to get your, almost your definition of what these pillars of, of wellness can mean from a psychological perspective, and how important is it is to have them all all balanced because I noticed that we all have this definition where we say I want to be successful mm. and most times success looks like money until you make the money and you realize that's not all that a person needs yeah. and that's how we came up with these five pillars so if you could I'll remind you if you forget them but just break down firstly how important it is to have this balance and these pillars in your life and then just go through 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 these pillars yeah so I'm glad you've kind of established those because it has an appreciation that we are diverse yes, in our being. Yes, yes. And also, as we talk about balance, mm. you know, uh, the simplest way that I usually make the, you know, the, the reference is you have a hundred percent, not five hundred percent. So when you're thinking of those pillars, you don't have five hundred. No, no, no. Yeah. You just have a hundred. Oh, that's so good. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yeah, exactly. So when it comes to allocation, it's not going to look the same. Okay. There's a percentage that you'll put towards spirituality and sure. towards finances and towards mental Never health and towards, way. and then that creates balance. But if we want sure. to show up as our highest expression for all of these things, we're going to burn out. Maybe that's why I'm burning out every year. <laughs> every year I'm sitting with burnout yeah. because obviously I've got these things and they are important goals to me. And I try to give... <laughs> A hundred, an individual hundred. So I'm basically gunning for five hundred, which is impossible. It is. Go on. So, so when when you're looking at that, I think that's the first thing to appreciate is that there's that kind of shift um, in between when when you're looking at that. But when when we look at spirituality, right? Um, spirituality is rooting. That's all it means. Rooting. It's rooting, Mm. and it means if you're rooted, foundation. Yeah. Absolutely. You're less likely to be moved by particular things. Wow. Firstly, you go to where you're at and you establish within yourself to say, what is actually happening? Mm. You know, the wind is blowing mm. from side to side, but the the tree is not concerned about the wind. Because the tree is concerned rooted. about the root, right? Sure. So when you're thinking about spirituality, you need to understand that we all have to have a rooting place, a place of surrender, mm. a place of vulnerability, mm. a place where you go to your maker and you sure. say, yo, I don't know what's happening, fam, mm. but I'm here mm. as per our agreement to say this is our meeting place. Sure. So that's the first thing. That's the most beautiful definition 
of spirituality that I've ever heard, that it's yeah. just as simple as rooting. And I, I know a lot of people always say, I feel off course, I feel off mm. course. And sometimes mm. I do, but I know now to always, because I love referencing nature. Yeah. I know now that whenever I look at my spirituality, I have to go back and look at the trees. You yeah. said something so significant that the, 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 the tree's not worried about the wind. Mm. It's worried about the roots. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. And then there's the mental health. Mm -hmm. And mental and emotional health, yes. Mental and I put it under health. one umbrella, so that's fine. So, yeah. the mental and emotional health is understanding that we're part of an ecosystem, mm. right? Um, so you know, you make reference to nature, we are nature, we were formed, and to nature we return, yeah. <laughs> so, so <laughs> it we all are, works together, it all works together. So, we are part of an ecosystem, and it's about being able to understand that. Life is governed by energy and mm. so are we. So mm. when when you understand that, you then understand that mm, when it comes to mental health, mm. I really need to ensure that I've got that aligned sure. so well to, to understand. To Absolutely. Yo, and we like going against the current. We literally, you lit you can see the waves are going this way yeah. and we want to go this way and we want our mental and emotional health to be intact. Yeah. Yet you must ebb and flow. That's still motion. And that's what I tell clients. I'm like, when you see heartbeat, mm -hmm. it couldn't be that. Yeah. It was, it, it causes issues. Yeah. Um, sure. There's that up, down, up, up down. down, so that you understand even with life seasons, mm. even with life times where things are going well and times where Things are not. Mm. Times where there's like a hustle and bustle mm. and seasons where it's void. But it all sure. matters. It's yeah. still motion. Yeah. You know, the problem is we feel when we're at that void place that this is where we must park. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's that's like... that. But the thing about it is that life always ages us because mm. it understands energy to say sure. you can't park here. So we still need Go to on. Yeah. to keep you moving forward. Sure. We're going to come back there. Yeah. Next one. That's the next one. <laughs> the next one is relational health. Relational health. Mm. Um, we. Umundu umundu yeah. Just quickly. Yes, just I am because you are. Yeah. And I think, oh, when you say that, it it honestly humbles you. Yeah. Because it, it makes you realize that no one is less than. Yeah. And when you start to assume that you are better than the next person, you've actually elevated yourself to the position of the creator, which none of us, ah, even if we wanted to. Have you consumed <laughs> any, of, any of Ikat, um, Ikat Tolle's Ooh, work? Oh, yes. I think what you touched on reminded me of him. And he always says when it comes to human beings is that, it, it's him and um, another author, I'll remind mm. myself, um, that basically say, you have to see yourself in other people. Absolutely. And that's something that's literally sitting in my mind every time I see, before when I see uh, uh, someone on the road begging, mm. Mm. my immediate mm. thought would be like, oh, he's probably on drugs, mm. he left home. You know, the judgmental thoughts that we, we come up with for people. And then now, ever since I heard that and focus on relational health, I think to myself, that could easily be me just like that. Yeah. And that's how we start seeing each, each other. And we were talking, uh, I was coming back from the airport and we were talking about um, ESCOM and load shedding. And mm -hmm. I was saying, oh, at this point, we need a generator and mm -hmm. we need a Jojo mm -hmm. tank. And I said mm -hmm. to him, but you know, it doesn't solve the problem. Because just because my little problem is solved doesn't mean 
everybody else gets to solve that problem. And somehow, somewhere, I'm still affected if everybody else is still struggling, whether I've solved my problem or mm, not. Mm, absolutely. And, you know, when, when we take it to spiritual reference, right, we always say to God, burden me with the things that burden you. <laughs> I'm not about those things. Exactly. <laughs> Just like, so, I know the Lord will burden me. <laughs> but it's, it's like, yeah, it's that sense of understanding that the time we give off, the compassion we give off is really, it really comes back to God as an offering, sure. you know, of remembrance yeah. to say, oh, you've done X, Y, and yeah. Z for me. You've been my eyes and my ears and my heart and mm. my mind and my spiritual mm. virtue in, mm. in the earth. So when it comes to seeing yourself in other people, it, it really humbles us. And I think sure. that's why it's important to look at relational pillars. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. The next one is physical health. Physical health. You know, when it comes to that, thank goodness for um, Speak Life September. <laughs> because it was one of those things, as the days are passing, yeah. and I'm seeing you post that people, I'm like, you know what, let me just let me call get my, my life personal trainer and be like, you know what, I know it's been a while, yeah. but um, thank you for that movement because it's one of the, it's in your face every day. Yeah. You Until you have zero excuses. Yeah, it's like, literally in and, every, and everyone who's involved literally will share their yeah, pictures. Even yeah. me, I'm just like, yo, five kilometers. I'm exactly. sitting at two kilometers. Let me do bit. Yeah. yeah. And and some clients in, in therapy, so profound, you would be like, yeah, I'm also doing Speak Life oh, September. Wow. And I was like, oh, I need to get on the oh, wagon. Wow. So it's it's quite a profound thing that you do, quite meaningful, but it's definitely bigger than you. Sure. And um, yeah, thank you so much for that. So physical health becomes very very important because again mind body connected mm. so you know the 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 body is governed by the mind yeah but there are days where the body subdues the mind yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. there's no way now there's fatigue it's hot we're hot and bothered yeah and and you know it's one of those things where if you've got body dysmorphic issues they just become sky high because it's like dress season you can see people oh are looking and lovely also, it doesn't help that all shops are just making crop top and i'm just exactly. like guys we all got crop tops what's happening here mm -hmm. so physical health becomes very important because again the relationship that you have with your with body, your body yeah. with food yeah. with exercise when you see it as nurturance it changes the way that you think of things because i think sometimes we're like love the skin you're in mm. but what does that actually what does mean? that entail also Absolutely. what does that entail also i've challenged myself so much um and we spoke this year's speak life september we focused a lot on insecurities and mm. i mean i've always been a very confident person i grew up in a very confident home but i've watched my confidence almost sort of dip down mm. um and not as a person but over all my 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 look and yeah. it doesn't help that we've got one filters we've mm -hmm. got makeup that gives uh, not make well makeup too mm -hmm. and hair that gives us the best hairlines mm -hmm. and these things are so accessible where i found myself saying hi girl who are you are you yeah. still okay without those without those things yeah. um why am i gymming am mm -hmm. i in the gym because i want to feel good and healthy or am I busy contouring my body? Like, what is that? Mm. And so I've, ha I've found myself having to take a step back 
and slowing down and stopping and going back to what is the reason that I'm taking care of my actual physical health? And initially the goal was to be able to give God glory through my body and be able to do everything he's, he's called me to do because you need energy. You Mm. need to be healthy and all Mm. of those things. And I'm like, okay, but maybe now it's more leaning towards how I I look. So I think that's also a very important thing to mention that I did emphasize also in Speak Life September is that, no, I don't expect everybody to be lifting weights and running marathons, taking a walk. Just showing your body love and appreciation, taking care of it. Yeah. Understanding you're part of the ecosystem. Understanding that. Yeah. Last on financial wellness. Financial. You know, poverty is very, um, it strips you of dignity. Yes. And it's not, it's not poverty of material things. It's Mm. just poverty even of thinking. Sure. So when it comes to finances, we need to understand finances are spiritual. Yes, you see. <laughs> Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And finances and financial management is historic. Mm. So sometimes sure. you find that we've been raised in such hardship mm. that when we actually tap into abundance, we cannot perceive it. Sure. Because we have not been emancipated. Mm. Our minds have not actually been rewired mm. to understand how finances exist. Mm. There are people who work very hard, very well, successful, but they are burdened with the possibility of lack. Mm-hmm. Not even that, you know what, right now it's abundant and I can do it. For them, they're burdened by what if this changes tomorrow? I, f- I fall under that category. Yeah. And it's literally, we were having the conversation. It obviously now goes to my work ethic mm-hmm. where I don't stop. So even when it's unnecessary, it's, hey, mm-hmm. what if mm-hmm. tomorrow's a different day? You need a net on a yeah, net. Yeah, I need a on net on a net. net. I've yeah. got my savings. I've yeah. got my investments. Yeah. I've My kids have their things, but it's it's not knowing. I, it's it's my mind struggles to to come to terms with that it's okay to take a break mm-hmm. um you know you're not it's, you're not threatened yeah. you're yeah. not under threat so when it comes to financial wellness it's about being able to understand that it matters not what's on hand it matters what's in mind mm-hmm. so sure because you can have it on hand and still squander, squander. And, still, yeah. and and not see the reward for your labor sure. because you have not literally rewired your mind to say, okay, this is what's happening for mm. me. I am being, you know, I'm being gifted the opportunity to steward mm. yeah. money. Yeah, you know? gifted the opportunity to steward money. Yeah. Yes, and that means it comes with great sacrifice, great discipline, great awareness, yeah. and also rest and reward. Rest and reward. You need your money to reward you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like when, when we see I think you, we need an emphasis on <laughs> that, yeah. Your money must reward you. Yeah. You know, you... We spend the majority of our lifetime working. Yeah. We cannot wait for 70 to now buy what we need. The money will come. Once money has been introduced into your life, trust the abundance of it that wow. you will not lack. Oh, I love that. And once you trust the abundance of it, you, you, you actually change your perception towards how money is. I wanted to tap into the psychology. I don't know if there's, I think there's a study of it, why when people um, win the lotto, I think within 18 months, is it about 18 months? Most of them go back to worse than they were before. Mm. What's, why is that? Let's talk about that. Anything that comes instantly causes trauma. Okay. Because you're, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) simply because 
we are not wired for wow. instant thing. Yeah. Even though we live in a world that's very fast instant and whatever, gratification, yeah. we're not wired for it. So when when you have that kind of money come in, you literally introduce trauma to the brain. Sure. Where now it it's, you really regard it as trauma then? Yes. To say we've introduced something that's traumatic. Yeah. Shocking. And 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 trauma is not burden to the body and yay what no trauma is in there's something that is significant that actually has the potential to make you spiral out of control sure. so when wow. when you're looking at that kind of cash injection because it's not something you've gradually worked mm. towards it's one of those things where you then sit with you know what um i can actually allocate this money to this and i can allocate it to that and and the thing about it is that it's fixed it's not yeah. money that generates it's not going to grow it's exactly so sure. when 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 you're working through that you you're under the illusion that it will still yeah. exist <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, yeah. yet you're not working for it so <laughs> nothing is replenishing as sure. you are taking it away so we do perceive it in in some degree as a traumatic experience it actually reminds me of even television um competitions um yeah. and my husband's been quite open about his struggle with depression immediately after um he was on a a a television show after mm. he was on idol and it's because you li- you literally go from being a nobody to being famous and on TV for a good i think 6 months or so every single week yeah. and then but within that space you're obviously protected they they cover you and then once the competition is is done it's 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 over and there you are sitting with the fame and you don't know what to do with it mm-hmm. adrenaline rush and you know when that adrenaline peaks mm. it must dip i read something i can't remember where i was reading it um and speaking about where we are now with um with with adrenaline that mm-hmm. adrenaline's a good thing right but during cave and you'll correct me during mm-hmm. caveman times adrenaline was only used for when a, hun- a a lion is coming to 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 chase you right and you yeah. get up and you fight go and flight. you fight yeah but now we have that every day which is problematic yeah yeah it's definitely problematic and you know too much of anything is indulgent yeah. and not necessarily beneficial to your own well-being yeah. yeah what's your relationship or what's your what's your feel about um social media and the use of social media and all that interaction and engagement that's happening constantly throughout the day in fact just tablets or devices Mm. We we're so consumed by it. Yeah. We lead our lives through it. Um but you know, I think the plat your platform yeah. in particular is very specific about what it means to be intentional. It matters how you govern your day. Mm. So if you're going to wake up and be sucked in to mm. the metaverse, the first thing you do you, you haven't even centered you're not even sure whether you walk today <laughs> if your if your legs can like carry you like it just my toes to work you know <laughs> you you haven't eased into the day mm. and i think you know you've you've done series on your team 5am and all of that and people feel like oh 5am mm. it's the principle of it's a principle easing thing. into yeah. your day not so much about the time no not yeah. about the time so for you 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 can't be rushing through mm. and and then by 12 you're out of it mm. because you you kind of had that adrenaline rush in the morning so when when it comes to those kind Does, of things so basically our devices cause an adrenaline rush yes 
And Every very, time you go on, that's an adrenaline rush. Very addictive. So our body is reacting the way it would act if you see a lion during caveman time. I think it would, it would lean towards dopamine. So Oh, dopamine. Yeah, there because your go. brain lights up and it's like yes, it's a feel-good hormone. Yes. So you then indulge and indulge and indulge endlessly. So when it comes to you know our devices, mm. we, we need to create the understanding of what does it mean to just put it aside. You'll mm. get to it. It's not going anywhere, I promise. Ah, but don't you think it's almost likened to a drug now? It is. It is. When it comes to addictions, it's all the way up there. Really? Yeah. Because it's one of those things where there's a compulsion. There's an obsession. Yeah. Um, and I think when you're in a social media space, you know, it's hard to draw the line. Because one, you must interact with your 100%, engagement. 100%. But two, how do I create the boundary yeah. what yeah. does that look yeah. like well i'm currently going through a journey of creating that boundary because it affects your quality of life mm. you know it mm. genuinely affects your quality it's not normal to have that much interaction in your life yeah. consistently yeah. Yeah. so what are some maybe give us three points on how to to get basically get yourself out of a social media um addiction because i know it affects our mental health absolutely directly one, you need to create um, time mm. allocations. You need to understand what your eight hours look like mm. or typical 12 hours. Mm. Um, we have a set time for breakfast, a set time for lunch, a set time for dinner. We have hardwired that into our day-to-day. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to checking up on your phone and all of that, allocate time mm. to say, okay, if I, if I work in social media, that tip... What are break, my work hours? Yeah. yeah, 10 to 11, I'm checking... <laughs> Two to three, I'm checking, then I close it off at mm. five. Um, and that starts to be the thing that you integrate into your life to create the discipline of it. Sure. Um, and then the other thing becomes one of those where you have to actually understand that you are in control yeah. of what you put out there. Yeah. You are not... Or even consume. Yeah. Exactly. You are not helpless in, in, even though we can be very demanding as consumers and an audience, where we're like, oh... Festive is coming up. We're going to be bombarding you with Vlogmas. vlogs. Not happening. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Vlogs, day in your life. Yeah, yeah. And you then feel like my work is tied into this. How do I really create yeah. that? But you are in control. Yeah, you decide. You decide. And the third thing becomes really understanding that social media must edify your life. Mm, if all, sure. if, if it's like... You know, when when you consume nothing, mm. you know that this thing is, uh, it gives me that instant buzz, mm. but it's actually not, there's no yeah, substance there's to, it. to it. Yeah. And if we were to really interrogate what are we learning on a day-to-day mm. on social media platforms, we'd come to zero. Sure. Because uh, very few people have meaningful captions, very few people have things to teach us. If it's not gossip and it's not banter, that's all we're yeah. consuming. Yeah. And we also must understand that what we consume wires our mind. Hmm. So if you are what you eat, you are what you're consuming. Exactly. Even your language. I mean, I, I even with music. In fact, everything. Like yeah. I, I can tell what I'm listening to based on my language and how I'm, sp- I'm speaking. I'm yeah. just like, oh, okay, too much of this. Yeah. Okay, let's do um, some of this. Um, uh, so now moving on from my my five pillars, thank you so mm-hmm. much for breaking them down so nicely. Yeah. And I think emphasis for me that you touched on was that it's not 500%, it's 100%. Actually, before we move on from that, yeah. how do I know which deserves most of my time or most of my my 100%? How do I know? And how do I not feel guilty that, okay, I'm giving 
50% in spirituality, but maybe my physical is getting 5%. How do I not, how do I find that balance? That balance, balance is a question I always get. Yeah. I'm of the idea that there's no such thing as balance. I think we're all simply looking for flow, mm-hmm. but the question's going to come up. How do we find balance? Yeah. Maybe you can define it better or explain it better. Look, in, in my thinking, I'm just, I'm looking at the fact that if, if things, so at any given point in our lives, even when we think about purpose, we understand it to be dynamic. Mm. So there are certain things that receive particular attention uh, because it is worthwhile at mm-hmm. that time. And mm-hmm. then there are certain things that receive it later on. Mm-hmm. So the, the thing about it is that you almost need to always come back to almost do a self audit yeah. to be like, okay, here's my hundred percent. When I started the year, I had allocated as such yeah. for 2023. We need to do a, a an allocation, a new, yes, yes, <laughs> a new yes. allocation to say, okay, maybe this can adjust this way. This can mm. adjust. Understand that you always have to be adaptable. You, yeah. you can't stretch it out for too long sure. and also appreciate the feedback. I feel like I'm in therapy. <laughs> Like you're speaking to me. Appreciate the yeah. feedback that you get from people. Yeah. Because we become so resistant. Yeah. When someone says, mm. I think you must put 10% here, 15 here. Yeah. Or you've got a, a duty and a responsibility beyond yourself yeah. that needs you to allocate more time. Sure. And we feel like, oh no, you found me as an independent mm. individual. And this works for my life. This works for mm. my life. But understand that the people around you, especially the ones that you honor, mm. serve as a feedback channel for mm. you to be like, mm, you need to tone down on this and mm. appreciate this more and do this less and do this more. Sure. You're actually taking me back to what I said we're going to come back to. Yeah. Um, knowing when to, when life, you said, what did you say? You said, nature, energy, life yeah. will push you out when it's time to, yeah. when it's time to go. And we are so um, resistant, Right. How do you encourage um, or, or really allow people in your practice to, to get to the place of being open to, to life saying, hey, this is not where you're supposed to be anymore. And I was just telling you about it personally that I'm starting to feel mm. the resistance. But I know that there's some people who can no longer identify that there's a resistance because it's time to move on. Because the more you ignore something, the more you ignore your body, your mm. gut, your, gut mm. your mind, it, you you start not hearing it anymore. So how do you open up someone to that? That you need to start listening to the to the inner, to life, to where things are pushing you or opening yeah. you up to. Yeah. When something no longer serves you, it just becomes inconvenient. Like everything See? about it, everything about, and it's one of those. Ooh, it girl. just becomes inconvenient. That is your cue that sure. it's time to move, because whether you like it or not. It just becomes inconvenient. inconvenient. You're like, this was so easy the last... But what's the difference between inconvenience yeah. and quitting? So we must Quitting le- because it's hard. We must learn to rest and not quit. That's the <laughs> most famous quote, right? Um, the thing about quitting is that we do it because we are tired. Okay. Inconvenient is the environment is already preparing you to say you've outgrown this mm. so when you quit is because you know what i'm up to here yeah and done yeah put it down yeah but when it starts to become inconvenient it doesn't it doesn't okay, it doesn't eh, uh-uh. it just small ways in which you're like mm, off. exactly so that that is nature saying i'm actually making this ground one that's no longer fertile how do you for trust you. how do you trust yourself by having relationship itself. 
what does relationship with self look like? <laughs> it looks like, you know, when, when it comes to therapy, for example, mm -hmm. there's a question that always throws clients off. Okay. Where, where I'm like, what is your intuition saying? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I never you, but you're asking too much. Now you were supposed to come with <laughs> exactly. the answers. And I'm like, we always we know. It. I call it my Holy Spirit. The exactly. Holy Spirit. Yeah. We always know. We really the do. Truth. <laughs> we always do. Yeah. We just choose not to acknowledge it. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. So when you bring a person down to what is your intuitive sense, it's that thing that's really nagging at yeah. you to say, yeah. this is what and you And it's not loud. I could mm. be, it's not loud. It's mm. just A. Exactly. A. And, and how clients respond is, it's this part. It's like, mm -mm, don't even go to the part because now you want to introduce logic. Yes, yes. logic. Yeah. How's your relationship with, with, with your... With my uh, intuition. Your, your intuition. Oh, man. It's like this companion. I'm so okay. bummed that we don't have masks anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things where like, you kind of have a young out. conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, and then this is him. <laughs> so now it's just like, I can't be seen. Yeah. You know, is it something, is it an ongoing thing where you almost, like a self, like a practice, like an everyday practice, Absolutely. or it's just like, oh, I got this, sharp. Yeah, you rise to self mm, every day mm. to say, I welcome this day. Wow. I'm present in this day. Yeah. I welcome all that comes with me, yeah. you know, and I'm in tune and aligned. And you kind of build that relationship with your innermost being. You build being. it. I love yeah. it. Um, just to close off, I want us to talk about burnout. I tweeted the other day that... Um, is it normal to feel so burnt out in, in, in September? And the tweet almost went viral because everybody is burnt out. Mm. What is burnout and how do we cure burnout? Is burnout, uh, ish, I'm tired, I've taken on too much, let me take a day off. Or is burnout something that has been ongoing and it's starting to really nag at you and if you don't do something about it, drastic measures might have to be taken? So with burnout, it's the accumulation of everything that has had to be required of mm. us in the year. Not just work. Not just work. Mm. So that's why you, you have year-end fatigue. Year-end fatigue, yes. Yeah, because the understanding is there's so much that life has been mm. putting on mm. you, imposing on you, requiring of you, that by the time the year resolves, one, some of us are sitting with, do we even feel accomplished? Yeah. You know, was this year fulfilling for yeah. me? Yeah. What did I gain out of mm. it? I see mm. the way that I poured out, mm. but... but I cannot take account in terms of how it's been beneficial to me. Mm. So the burnout is just the accumulation of what the year has mm. really demanded of you. And we also cannot, you know, the seasons are changing. Mm. Um, we're sleeping less. We're, you know, whatever's in the air is in the air. Yeah. You're feeling tired. Mm. So your body, so when that realization of everything you've um, accumulated meets the season and yeah. how hot and unbearable it can be, it just compounds. And yeah. then it just feels like, I don't know I whether my, it's my mind or my body yeah. or everything. Yeah. So when it comes to burnout, it's, the, it's, it's just the accumulation of everything that life has required of you. And it's not a show of weakness. Okay. We're all on a spectrum. Okay. Some of it is better managed. Some of it is. So know, is it avoidable? Is your end fatigue avoidable, or it's just what, like you said, it's just some manage it better. For example, um, Solal has um, yeah. burnout. Um, ashwagandha. I forgot what ashwagandha does, but I know mm -hmm. it's also got to do with with stress. So is it manageable? Is, is can you avoid it, or is it just some people manage it better, and some people just don't even recognize what's happening until they crash? You can manage it better. Okay. Um, so you can't avoid it. You, I don't want to say you can because the thing about it is that the understanding and the premise is 
you know, at some point, everyone experiences that sense okay. of being lethargic. So it's normal. And yes. We shouldn't feel bad for no. feeling that no. way. Okay. It's just... It's, it's also your body's way of saying we might have to allocate a bit more time to rest. Mm. What do we eat? Mm. How do we hydrate? Mm. How and do we sleep. care for sleep? And sleep. And how Please do we emphasize care for sleep. sleep. Yeah, we need to sleep. We need to sleep because we in such a... I think the last, I feel like after COVID, we all came out because, okay, we've been doing nothing. Let's all just go, go, go. And we're all just going, going, going. Mm -hmm. And we're not sleeping. And we're really encouraging this hustle and go for it mentality. And to a certain extent, I'm very worried about it. I'm very worried about it. The lack of sleep literally shrinks part of your prefrontal cortex, which is actually responsible for your planning, your execution, sure. your intention, your motivation. So the less you sleep, you actually alter your brain chemistry wow. and it starts to make you foggy, yeah. you know, forgetful, yeah. memory issues, yeah. poor judgment. Yeah. So if you understand the chemistry, that's why I was saying physical health is easy for us mm. to be like, I feel pain here. Mm. Mental, Mental health, health needs you to understand the chemistry of the mind you carry. Sure. So please get your sleep. In closing, what do you have to say? Something that you really want to stand out about mental health awareness. If there's just one simple thing that you could say, if someone forgets this whole conversation, what would it be? You are doing your best. Okay. Yeah. Don't even compare. You. Yeah. you. Don't even, because I'm already calculating. <laughs> Am I really? Am I? And uh, I can assume everybody <laughs> on the other side is also doing the same. You are doing your best. You're doing your best. Yeah. You're doing your best. Thank you so much. This was Thank so you. this was so much fun. I felt like I mean I'm getting all the answers I need. I got a free <laughs> session. You know? Um and just so 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 insightful. Um and just less it wasn't a rigid conversation, mm. but I think we got to touch on a lot that is really, really important. Yeah. Thank um, you for your heart as well. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. And a big thank you to Salal for opening up this conversation and making sure that we we partake and making sure that people understand what mental health actually means. And remember Mental health does not mean depression. It's a huge conversation that you can tap into. Um, you can follow Buisile. What's your What's your handle? Um, Buisile Mlina on Instagram. There and we then, go. Yeah, that's your personal page, though, right? I'm going to move to a professional one. Okay, she's moving to a professional one. Um, do follow us also on Instagram and do follow Solal for more conversations around mental health. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to like and subscribe and join our membership. And that's it from me, Mpumila Dwaba. That's a wrap. Wee.